Welcome to the RV Podcast, episode 438. This week we talk about selling your RV, how to do it yourself. Hello everybody, I'm Mike Wetland and this is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride Jennifer and uh, at our feet, boy, Bo the loyal elk hound, uh, the traveling elk hound. He is with us in the studio today. If there's any noise outside or around, you'll hear him because he will alert us. We have a lot to talk about. This is the time of year everybody is uh, thinking about a new RV and uh, if you already have an RV, how do you get the most money out of that RV? And everybody agrees, you know, you sell it yourself. Mm -hmm. That's to get the most money. And uh, we're going to give you a kind of a guide coming up in the interview of the week section on just how to do that. And I think you'll find that helpful. Um, let's start off with some feedback that we have from uh, some of our uh, audience members. A few weeks back, we talked about how handy family tracking apps were, how we use them to uh, let our family and friends know where we are. They can look up on an app anytime and see. And we got some interesting feedback from Emily. Yeah, Emily uh, wrote to us about uh, Google Maps, that they have a location notification feature. If someone has shared their location with you, you can go to Google Maps, tap the person's avatar con, and tap the location notification option. And when the person arrives at that location, you're going to get a notification. So there you go. Notification location. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, so it's a great feature on uh, Google Maps. I know a lot of you use Google Maps for pretty much all of your, uh, your uh, traveling. Um, we use Apple Maps, Google Maps, Waze, and sometimes a dedicated GPS. So lots of ways to do it. Thank you, Emily, for sharing that. Eileen saw a recent article that we published on our RVLifestyle.com blog about things that you can't do in national parks. And one of them was fly a drone. And Eileen had kind of an interesting take on that. Yeah, Eileen says, the National Park Service does not own the air above the national parks. So if an operator is standing outside the boundary of the national park and the drone flies inside the boundary, there is nothing they can do to prevent that. Well. Shoot it down? <laughs> I don't know. The National Park gets really uh, uppity about drones and... Uh, I know we got a call once from one, and uh, they were they were they were polite, but they let us know that uh, that was a no no. And um, now they've been finding people. So I don't know. Uh, they certainly don't own the airspace over it, but um, you know it's the intent. And uh, give it a try if uh, if you really want to try it. But don't say we told you to, because we would not advise doing that. And uh, Chet read uh, a story that we did about whether you can empty your black tank at home. And uh, he does, and he told us how he does it. All right, Chet says, we have a macerator built into our motorhome. We hook up a black 25-foot garden hose and pump it into our toilet. Works great. Pump out gray water to clean house hose. Well, I suppose that would work. I don't think you'd let me do that, would no. you? No, no. Unless you weren't around. <laughs> if, you, if I wasn't around, then it might happen. But uh, <laughs> I think I would say no. Okay, Chet, if it works for you, that's good. Thank you for sharing it. 
Hey, for all of you, we love to get your feedback. Just uh, write us, uh, our email address is mikeandjen at rvlifestyle.com and we'll uh, pass your notes on to our audience in a future episode of the podcast. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about selling your RV, how to do it yourself. Stay with us. Tired of overcrowded campgrounds and competing for reservations, paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be right for you. It was for Jen and me. We bought some land just west of Nashville, Tennessee in an incredible collection of mountaintop RV properties called the Woodlands at Buffalo River. These are 5 to 62 acre properties that allow RVs year-round starting at $79,900 and we loved it. The scenery is breathtaking and you can own it outright. It's not a timeshare, it's your property, your way. You can landscape, garden, bring your pets, build what you want to. There's high-speed internet. And it's so private. It's a great place to make your home base. No more calling around for reservations, ready whenever you want. And they're selling these properties by appointment, five to 62 acres, $79,900. Financing, big discounts available on multi-lot packages. For information, visit myrvland.com, myrvland.com. Hi, welcome back now to the interview of the week segment or the topic of the week as it is this week. And this is the time of year we start to get a lot of questions from our audience about how do I sell my RV? Now, a lot of them just want to advertise on our Facebook group <laughs> and we don't allow you to do that because it's not a, it's not a place for advertising. But there are some ways that you can sell your own besides just kind of putting a sign out and putting it by the road and keeping your fingers crossed. Uh, so we want to share some of the ways to do it, whether you're upgrading to a newer model and, uh, or just not using your RV and spring is the time to, uh, to put it up. It might be a lucrative opportunity for you. And we want to talk about how you can get the most money out of it when you sell it. Well, the first thing you have to do is figure out how much your RV is worth. Now, there is a site, and we will put a link in the show notes to it from the National Automotive Dealers Association. And uh, they kind of will give you a value on RVs. Now, it is a ballpark figure. Do not think that it is golden. It's what the dealer would probably offer you if you were to trade it in, and therefore you know right away it's lowball. But better to know the lower amount, and then you can build up depending on what it is, what kind of condition it is. So we'll tell you where it is. It's basically jdpower.com slash RVs, RVS. And we'll put the the description uh, in the show notes for you to see. So um, find out, get a rough idea of what it's worth. You might also do a Google search on uh, used, whatever the name of your model is, and just say, you know, you know, say it's a 2023 Unity FX, and you'll get a rough idea of what other people are asking for it based on your features. So that'll give you a value. All right, second thing. You've got to clean your RV. You want it to sparkle. You want it to pop. So that means get rid of all of your personal pictures, all your personal little things of different travels that you've, places that you've been to. You've got to clean out all that clutter. Clean the place so, like I say, it sparkles. And then stage it, just like if you were selling a home, how you uh, get it looking so it looks big and spacious. Hmm. I guess I, I didn't think of that. But stage your RV. Um, that's a really good idea. And, you know, another idea is understand that 
most people today, particularly on a used RV, if they follow our advice, before they buy, they're going to have a certified RV inspector check it over. And that takes us to the third thing. Fix anything that's broken. And uh, I, it really is a good idea to have somebody, an inspector, come and go through it because you don't want to, at the last minute, find something that prevents the sale. After you've checked out the person and done all the work that's involved with selling it, you don't want any surprises. And if there's anything wrong, fix it now. I mean, you could you can pay for an inspection yourself and then show that to any prospective buyer. They might be a little suspicious and still order their own. But if you don't have an inspector, you know your RV better than anybody else. So what needs to be fixed or cleaned up and do that? So once you uh, have that and you take some pictures of it, some photographs of it, uh, then you have, and maybe you've settled on your price uh, and made any necessary repairs, we have identified three ways you can sell it yourself. Well, selling it yourself, you need some good, high-quality pictures of the inside and the outside of your rig. So if you take your rig to a scenic spot or a big parking lot where there isn't a bunch of clutter and distractions and take some good pictures of the outside. I bet I bet most people have really pretty pictures of their RV, you know, and oh, mountains I bet they and do. beach. So get some of those out, yeah. Yeah, so, and then on the inside, stand in the front, shoot back, in the back, shoot forward, anything special that uh, makes your place pop, take a picture of that. And we do recommend that you get a for sale sign and stick it in the front windshield. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know where you want to park it. If you can park it, you know, in front of your house or in your driveway where people going by would see it. Uh, many communities have designated parking lots uh, that you can put things like vehicles for sale. So that's not that's worth it to drive it over that way, too. You know, put it in a location that's safe. Um, and where other people might notice it. Some, like I say, some businesses uh, will, uh, will permit it. Get permission. Don't just your corner two blocks away park it there because you might get a ticket for or leaving get it the corner. away. Yeah. yeah, so make sure you get permission wherever you're going to park it. Now, here's where we recommend you list your RV. We have no connection with this publication at all. Uh, but uh, it's probably the best place to sell your RV to advertise it. It's called RV Trader. We'll put a link in the show notes, but it's RVTrader.com. Uh, they have literally thousands of RVs for sale all throughout the country. And as we say, we believe it's the best place for you to sell it yourself. Yeah, you've got to be careful that you don't list any place where you're going to get you know, scammed yeah. in any way. Uh, so that's, that's, you need something reputable. Some people use like Facebook Marketplace. Mm -hmm. We can test. We just sold a bunch of furniture on Facebook Marketplace. And you, we met some pretty good people. Oh, I've met some wonderful people. But then we met and were contacted by some not so reputable people. A lot of scammers. Uh, it always amazes me how hard scammers work. If they just applied themselves half of what they do to trying to con somebody, they would be very successful in legitimate business. But... They just like to steal and, and rip people off. So we're not real big fans of trying to sell an RV through Facebook Marketplace and stuff like that. Uh, so the RV uh, trader has three different uh, levels of publicity, advertising yeah. what you're trying to sell. There's the basic. Mm -hmm. And what does that include? The basic, uh, I think it's two weeks that they will list it for you. 
Yeah, that's probably good. And up to four photos. Um, they have an enhanced version two, which I think is... 20 photos. 20 photos in eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, everybody has the ultimate or the best one, and that's... Uh, that's 50 a, photos. You're going to wear them out looking at all your photos. And that's a year-long listing. We don't really recommend that. If you haven't sold it in a <laughs> couple of months, you know, you might want to revisit the pricing and all of that stuff. Um, there are uh, some people, there are some groups that, that sell RVs for sale, so you can search Facebook or other forums and see if there's a place for RVs for sale, but understand you're going to get probably some, some con artists and scammers and you just want to be able to weed them out. Um, so selling it yourself is, uh, is well, advantage. the obvious advantage is, is that you get to keep all the money. Yes, yeah, and, and not have to split it, with, split it with somebody else. But on the other hand, the cons are that you are doing all of the work, you're handling the listing, you're uh, handling the showings, and we should point out that that about every per, for every person that says they're going to come and look uh, and does, there's somebody who says they're going to come and look and doesn't. So you get a lot of no-shows, and it gets really frustrating. And I think what always worries us is finance. You know, the financial part of that. That how you're going to get that money? Make sure that money's coming. Yes, you want to make it's a, sure. Usually, a big hunk of money. And the way we would recommend it, because you'll get the scammers. They'll say, "I'll send you a cashier's check for over," or "I'll Venmo you the a deposit." Don't do any of that. That's how they get away with scamming you. The only way they do it is cash on delivery or financing on delivery, and take it to the place where you would that normally registers titles, your motor vehicle registration office. There's a lot of painful paperwork, paperwork that's involved. Yeah, Paperwork is always painful, and you've got to make sure it's done right. But to get the maximum amount of money, that's the best way to deal it. The second way to sell... Is an RV dealer. And a lot of RVs, in fact, you, look, you drive by RV dealers and you'll see signs outside, we'll buy your RV. Uh, again, remember, they're going to go to that low-ball figure um, because they're going to mark it up to the highest number that you can find any place. Uh, and if your RV is, in, is new, is in good shape, relatively new, I don't mean brand new, but you know, relatively new, if it's a very popular model, um, this can be a good option for you. We did this uh, with one of our RVs and we're very happy to do it. Um, it, was, uh, it was simple, we just set a price, this is what we wanted, and whatever they could sell it over, they, they did. And it was a pretty easy way to go. Yeah, we didn't have to deal with any of that financing. And that's the, that is the, and the paperwork. That's the mm -hmm. easiest way to go. Uh, you sell it, they, they basically sell it for you. They do all of the paperwork. Uh, you don't have to advertise. You don't have to do a photo shoot. Uh, and uh, once you, there's a, a, a buyer, they deal with the financing, the title transfer, all that stuff, and it's good. But there's a con to selling it through a dealer. Yeah, you can sacrifice a lot of money. You know, if you can... Substantial. Yeah, a substantial amount of money. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we, we've heard, for example, reports of people getting half of what they would have had received had they sold it properly. Because just as there are... You know, the dealer's thing is to make as much money as they can. And so they're going to lowball you and they're going to give you all sorts of reasons why it's not worth what you think. Um, but but there are great there are reputable dealers and we that's we found a great we, a great one and I should give them a shout out Holland Motorhomes in Holland Michigan they were they were great 
Now, that doesn't mean they're going to do it for everybody. It was at a time when uh, there was a shortage of no motor homes anywhere. <laughs> it was you know right after the pandemic, and there weren't new ones, there weren't used ones. So we timed that one right. Um, but but that's the second way to do it is to have an RV dealer have it. And there's a there's a hybrid version of this that you can handle yourself to, with it usually with an RV dealer or sometimes with an RV broker. There are such things, and that's called consignment, and that's a, a way you could do it. It's kind of a combination, really. Right. You give it to them, and you can even use it, I believe, while it's under consignment. You pay the insurance on it. I guess if you want to take it for a little bit, you can, and then you put it back out there on consignment. So they do the advertising. They deal with the people. Yeah, uh, and, and you, again, when you do a consignment, you kind of agree this is the price that, I'll, that you can sell it for uh, or get me the best price and let me know what that is. Um, and, and you retain... Uh, ownership of it all throughout this process. Like Jen said, you can kind of go back and forth. That you have total control over the price um, and you can accept re offers or reject offers. Whereas if you just sell it outright to the dealer, um, you know, you've sold it and they might get, you know, tens and tens of thousands of dollars more than you could get and it's too late. You know, you've lost that money. So a consignment, you can say, hey, I'll sell it, but I want this amount minimum. And then just like uh, on a house sale, uh, they broker that deal for you and they take obviously a commission above it. They sell something over it. Uh, so uh, the pros of that is you have a dealer with a, with a big budget. They yeah, advertise they've it. Got, they've got the lot. They've got people going through looking for a vehicle and uh, you don't have to deal with all the details. You're just going to sacrifice yep. some of the money that you would have made. So those are the, the three ways to sell it and the, the steps that you need to take to get ready to sell it. Um, the, the cons on having that, um, that consignment are, um, you know, that you have to pay a commission and usually it's about 10 to 15%, more likely 15, sometimes 20%. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll work out a deal with the broker beforehand. Um, you still have to pay the insurance and keep it up and all that stuff. Uh, but um, it, it's debatable whether you can use it while it's for sale. Some say you can, some say you can't. Uh, most of the ones I've said, really, you, you can't, that they keep it on a certain area where you look at it. But So I hope this was helpful to you because I know a lot of you are thinking about it. Bottom line, our best advice, sell it yourself. Handle all those details. You want maximum money, and you're the only one that can determine what that maximum money is and you're the only one that can really make it happen. And if you don't have to give it away in a commission to somebody else, so be it. Again, do the transaction at your bank and then at the title uh, of their motor vehicle register. Don't let anybody try and fast talk you into, into signing the title over and having them credit card or Venmo you or give you a, a, a personal check. It's a lot of money. So give it lots of precautions, but good luck with it, right? Yes. All right. Uh, when we come back, we've got uh, new travel tech news for you and some apps that'll help you travel better. Stay with us. The one thing that can ruin a perfect RV trip is a bad mattress. And believe us, we know. Over the years, we've tried many and found them all wanting. Until now. Now, we sleep on the RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding. Quite simply, it's the best we've ever slept on. We chose a queen-size Aurora Luxe medium firm mattress, and it arrived tightly rolled in a box. All we did is put it on the bed, unroll it, 
and wait for it to recover from the compression. Oh, does this ever feel comfy? It's so cushiony. Then we put on the sheets and the bed covers, and we found ourselves ready to order another one for our home. That's how comfortable it is. That first night's sleep was luxurious and deep, and it's been like that ever since. The RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding comes with a 120-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty. Shipping is free. If you're disappointed with the current mattress in your RV, you owe it to yourself to try the RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding. Something else that's very important is that Brooklyn Bedding manufactures all their RV mattresses in their own factory in Arizona. This means they're able to use premium materials at a reasonable price for you with no middleman bringing up the costs. And right now, if you visit rvmattress.com slash rvlifestyle, you'll get 20% off your mattress with the code rvlifestyle. Again, use the promo code rvlifestyle for 20% off the cost of the RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding. We're sure you'll be as thrilled with your RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding as we are with ours. It really is the most comfortable mattress we've ever slept on. One of the most exciting developments for RVs is happening out west in Arizona. Western Land and Ranches is selling five-acre high-elevation ranches just off the famous Route 66, the birthplace of the American road trip. Prices start at only $39,900, and these are beautiful, secluded tracts of land surrounded by majestic mountain ranges with sweeping valley views. The high elevation is a unique microclimate as well, giving you cooler temperatures, green grasses, and tree cover, making it unique for desert property. The community is in the center of it all, close to the best of the West, Grand Canyon, Las Vegas, Lake Havasu, Lake Mead, Lake Mojave, the Colorado River, Flagstaff, Sedona, and Historic Williams. If you're tired of crowded RV parks and paying high fees for sites, well, ownership might be right for you. This incredible collection of mountaintop properties called Greenwood Ranches hit the market and it's selling out fast. There is no HOA. You can build a house, a cabin, outbuildings, or just RV. It's your property, your way, 100% ownership. Visit the website to get details and set up a showing, ArizonaRVLand.net. That's ArizonaRVLand.net. Hi, welcome back everybody. It's time now for the new travel tech segment drawn from the pages of our sister blog, NewTravelTech.com, which celebrates the many ways technology enhances the travel experience, not just RV travel, but all travel in general. And this week, um, we're going to look at three lesser known apps that will help you save money and maybe be even a little more efficient in your traveling. These are not the most popular apps that you will have heard of. Uh, they're, they're called Kluke, Dosh, and Travel Spend. So uh, what about Kluke? Start uh, with that Kluke one. Kluke is kind of a kluky name, but it's all about saving you money on things to do. You can find uh, deals locally as you travel all around the world. You can search destinations, uh, deals and specific services and things that you want to do and, uh, and activities in the different areas you're in. You simply uh, click on things to do, hotels, transport, or car rentals to search for these things by location. Yeah, so check it out. Kluke is spelled K-L-O-O-K. -O -O 
And it's worldwide travel. It's not, not necessarily in the backyard, your backyard. It's really a great way to know a local area, local city. And it's available uh, both Android and uh, on the iOS operating systems. Mm -hmm. So I have a, a cash back app that is great for travelers that I want to share. It's called Dosh, D-O-S-H. And this is a real cash uh, back app, but it offers cash back on hotel stays and includes international hotels, by the way. Now, if you're unfamiliar with a cashback app, it actually will give you automatic cashback at thousands of places where you can shop or dine or book hotels. You don't have to use coupons or scan your receipts like you do with similar apps. Instead, you just download this app, you link your cards to it, and then Dosh deposits the cashback into your wallet, your electronic wallet, automatically. Every time you get 15 bucks in cash back, you can have that transferred to your bank or to PayPal or Venmo or whatever you use or for charity. your finances. Or Oh, yeah, and At you can charity. donate it to charity. So uh, like Kluke, uh, it's, a, it's a good money savings app, but it also will give you cash back, and that's really cool. And it's, again, Android and iOS. And there is... Yet another, a third app. Yeah, this app is interesting, and I think it's probably what we all need. It's something that helps you track your money as you're traveling, so you don't run out of money, so you're aware of how you're spending your money. It's a travel spend. So as you're traveling, it's very well organized, it's easy to use app, and it simplifies the, uh, how you follow your travel expenses. So that's a good thing to do. So you don't get all carried away, use up all your money the first two days. You can um, sync this and share it. You can have different family members on the same app with you. Uh, it's really good if you go out to eat, it'll split the cost of who owns, owns which. Oh, that's a good thing to do. Or if there's multiple things, you know, <laughs> like, oh, I bought the gas and you got, you got the, the admission fees and yeah. that stuff. Uh, it does currency exchange if you're traveling abroad. And it will map your expenses, which is kind of cool because it'll show you how much you spent in every different location on a map. And that's really kind of fun to have. And it's really fun for those of you who like to travel journal. Um, and money tracking features so you can stick to a budget and all that stuff. It is so hard to stick to a budget. Yeah. And that's a good app to have. Yep. So if any of these apps you want to check them out, uh, go check them out. Uh, they're all free uh, or very small fee. Uh, and of course, they all have premium versions as well. But uh, try the free versions where it's available. And they all work on Android and iOS or Apple you know, devices. This app, not only you know traveling, I think just at home every day used yeah. <laughs> for, for maybe a week or two to help you get a feel for where your money's going. It's amazing how apps can enhance travel just like New Travel Tech, <laughs> our sister blog that is all about enhancing the travel experience through travel. Uh, check out our new blog, will you? NewTravelTech.com and uh, check out those apps. All right, RV News of the Week coming up as we come back. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country, and there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World, and as we talk about it as one of our sponsors, 
they have agreed to offer a 10% discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you buy $99 or more in merchandise. You'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. Welcome back. And now it's time for News of the Week. And News of the Week, again, California is in the spotlight. Bad weather, unusual weather. And uh, another severe uh, storm hit uh, California, the northern and central part of the state, over this last weekend. There was rain and there's snow warnings in central and northern parts of the state. And needless to say, that interfered with camping at many of the national, state, and local parks. It was just impossible. In fact, Yosemite National Park, get this, was buried under 15 feet of snow. Can you just... I can't even imagine that. No. Park officials, no sooner did they get electricity fixed and remove the snow from rooftops and the fire hydrants when another snowstorm hit. Uh, and uh, it, it's pretty amazing. And, and wet and snowy conditions have continued right on through. Yeah, uh, one of the uh, Yosemite rangers predicted that the park is going to be closed until March 17th. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, yeah wet and heavy snow conditions have uh, closed parts of historic Highway 1. And how about uh, South Lake Tahoe? urging visitors not to come this Don't weekend. Come, they say. Do not go there. And uh, it, it's not just national parks and the highways. It's uh, all the California state parks. Uh, dozens and dozens of them remain either fully or partially closed. Uh, we will try and do an update in the show notes so you can see what's affected. If you've been thinking about going out to California or if you are in California and want to do some camping in the next few days, uh, you better check this out first. So here's a story that really caught a lot of people's attention, especially ours. We've been talking about EV RVs, electric RVs, for some time. We just tested one at the Tampa RV Show. But now there's an electric self-propelling travel trailer that is being sold. I mean, you can order this now and give them a deposit. It's expected to arrive in the fall of 2024. And it's called the Lightship L1. It's an electric RV trailer, seven feet long. It's six feet, nine inches. Uh, or you can get another one that's 10 feet tall, depending on the model. It weighs about 7,500 pounds. And it's being built by a company that was uh, uh, co-founded by two former Tesla employees. has an aerodynamic design. We'll put a link to all the stuff that you want to see about it. Uh, and they claim it's three times more efficient than a traditional travel trailer. Uh, no slide-outs, uh, but the roof slides up, meaning that when you're in travel mode, it compresses down to this really sleek aerodynamic design. And what is so neat about this trailer is it actually propels itself. So that helps whatever vehicle you're towing it with and particularly, if you, and the idea is if you're towing it with an electric truck, perhaps someday down the line, mm -hmm. uh, or gas or diesel powers, it's going to make that more efficient as well. Um, its roof, uh, its awnings covered by solar panels that can produce three kilowatts of uh, solar energy. Uh, let's see what else. Got an indoor outdoor kitchen. 
surround windows, almost total surround windows, a full shower, uh, and uh, all electric appliances, obviously, so no propane. Um, want to tell them the price? Tell me. $125,000. Uh, well worth it, it sounds to me. Well, it, it's, you know, the future it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. coming. Yeah. So uh, we'll link to our story and pictures and video and everything. Can I say that I really love that idea that instead of, like a pop-up. Yeah. Like the old days, the pop-up campers, to have a trailer that would down, up, no slides. Yeah. Easy to pull. Well, you had a story that is of great interest to any bloggers or vloggers or YouTube influencers, particularly people like us. You want to share that one? This thing yeah, has controversy is, for a while this now. This has been out there for quite a while, but people who uh, record their travel in U.S. national parks and then take it to YouTube or Instagram or TikTok to, from, to make money now have to apply for a permit to film and pay a fee first. Pay that fee and then shoot your video. Now, by background, this, this national parks have had a policy where big commercial movie sets or commercials or where, you know, they'd have rigging and lots of people and gaffers and major productions. They always have had, uh, you have to get a permit because you were disruptive of the park and traffic and stuff. But over the past few years, um, the National Park Service has gotten really weird about it. And even uh, one-man band bloggers who do their video on an iPhone uh, for blogging. That's what I was going to say. Just your little iPhone. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's not bothering anybody, I don't so think. So now they're saying that uh, even if they made just minimal income, like they put it up on YouTube, and YouTube, YouTube gets most of the money on the ads you see on those videos, uh, so it's gone up into a court, and a ruling now says that anyone, no matter how small their business or their camera, anyone needs to apply for permission, and that can always take weeks. And actually, it's a bureaucracy. It's the government. You got to pay a fee first, you know. Um, we read an interesting story about how many content creators uh, who make minuscule money, really, by sharing their travels on social media how they won't be able to afford the fees, they're going to stop recording. And I can tell you, for Jennifer and me, we've stopped going to national parks. Uh, not going to national parks, number one, we're, it's, they're not dog friendly, so it's hard to take care of your pet. But this business with just a cell phone shooting video, and I that's mean, that's unrealistic to expect you to pay a fee because you don't always know if you're going to shoot video or not shoot video. You see something, it's, you think it's cool, you want to share it. Yeah, even, even I suppose your dash cam would be oh. considered a uh, video. So, you know, until this insane government uh, policy changes, we've stopped going to national parks. I I'm not going to play their game. It's, it's ridiculous. It's wrong. And I think a lot of other uh, YouTubers are going to be doing the same thing. So I just hope state parks don't get as greedy oh. and, and as, as insane as our national park people happen to be right now. So... Good and, luck. And, you know, not everybody can afford to go to the national parks. And I think a lot of people have gotten into watching videos like they love we to make. Watch them. And it's they, an alternative to uh, what's out there in the media. And it's a way for them to get to go to these yeah. places. And they're making it hard yeah, to share. Yeah, they're making it really hard. And um, I think you'll see a lot of people doing like we do. We just don't go there. Hey, speaking of national parks, I've got one more. And uh, we can at least tell you stories from national parks. And we'll keep reporting those. <laughs> 
Texas Big Bend National Park. Uh, everybody out there is scratching their heads <laughs> and they're scratching their bodies because they itch. They're getting some new as yet unidentified bug that is biting them relentlessly. And this bug, it's aggressive little thing. It flies in your eyes, flies in your mouth, they're, and they're, uh, they're, they're kind, nasty. They're itchy and painful marks they leave on your body. They're like noceums yeah. um, or gnats, but park officials, they don't know what they are. They haven't been able to identify this species. And apparently bug repellent is not working on them. Uh, they'll fly in your eyes and your mouth. They swarm you. Uh, the only thing that offers any production, they say, is a wearable mosquito net. We've got those hats that yeah. turn into nets. Uh, and that's become a very hot seller throughout the Big Bend area. Uh, and it seems to be worse uh, within about three miles of the Rio Grande River. Uh, they've also been spotted uh, in Big Bend Ranch State Park, which is right near the National Park. Uh, so we'll put a link up to the story, but um, it's really bugging people, these bugs, right? They are. All right. Coming back, the RV questions of the week. Stay with us. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborne batteries. Battleborne batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And battleborne batteries are protected by a 10-year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And they'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborne battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborne batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. All right, time now for the RV questions of the week. And this one comes from Rob. And Rob's question is, what do you guys think of the new Love's RV uh, stops? Is uh, this the next big thing for overnight stays while on the road? Well, it could be, Rob. Uh, we're very impressed with it. Um, this started really in 2021. Mm -hmm. They started a thing called <laughs> RV Hookup. It's not what you think, uh, but RV hookup, meaning that they actually had a handful at some of these park, some of these love truck stops, a handful of dedicated spots for RVs with sometimes full hookups, sewer, water, electricity, sometimes partial hookups. Um, there's probably about 30 of these sites around the country right now, and they're they're pretty pricey for that. They're about 30 bucks to 47, mm -hmm. almost 50 bucks. You need to register with Loves and, uh, you know, try and reserve one if you can, because there may be others that don't have a ton of spots. So that's one, the RV hookup sites, and about 30 of them, I think. Yeah. We'll put a map in the show notes, a link to a map that you can you can see. But I think what, what our uh, Rob was talking about is a new thing that they're doing, even though it's called um, Loves RV Stop Campground. And they opened one last year in Cordell, Georgia. And it had, I don't know, I think uh, 50, 60 sites, maybe 40, someplace in there. Big, wow, big that's sites. big. Yeah, real, it was a real, it's a real campground part. 
They've cut a deal with KOA, Loves Has, to develop a park and run it at one of their service stations. And since that one in Cordell, I know um, they've got one in Illinois and Alabama, and I know they're planning more. Um, I think they've looked at the popularity of, of boondocking and people staying at Walmarts. I mean, Loves has a lot of stuff going for them because, you know, they have dog parks there, mm -hmm. fenced-in areas for your dog. You showers? Showers, like the truck drivers, and they're clean, immaculate showers. You just reserve it. It's like five bucks or something. It's not too much money. And I think they have an option with food. They usually have some healthy food along with the typical yeah. fast food. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm really curious. I would rather stay there than at a Walmart, for example, mm -hmm. although we love Walmart, you know, and that we, we just don't camp there. The downside, I think, to us uh, is like a Walmart, they're very busy places. I mean, noise. these are truck stops after all. The, the noise. You're so, going to get the noise. So people are coming in and out all night long. And even though they kind of move these off to the side of the lot a little bit, you're still going to see the lights and hear the traffic. Um, and, you know, you camp separately from the, our, the trucks because the trucks are really noisy. Uh, but we're going to try one. Whenever we're passing one of those areas, we'll try it and let you know what we think of it. But uh, do I think it's going to be the next big thing? You know, I think it's going to be very popular, and uh, we'll Why see. Why not? Yeah. yeah. So congratulations to love. All right, you got a question or a comment? We'd love to get it. Just uh, email us. Our private email is mikeandjen at rvlifestyle.com. All right, that's the podcast for this week. We hope you guys are on the road or planning to do so quick. And as Jen says, as we end every podcast, happy trails.